welcome to the Craft of Coaching podcast, where you'll learn about how to become a life coach with a strong skill set through understanding the craft of coaching. I'm Kate Swoboda. As director of a life coach training and certification program called the Courageous Living Coach Certification, I'm passionate about the craft of coaching and how we evolve our skills and the industry. Learn more about the Courageous Living Coach Certification Program at teamclcc.com. That's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com. And here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the first episode of the Craft of Coaching podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about what life coaching is. Finally, right? Like, People ask all this, this all the time, what is life coaching? How's it different than therapy? I'll also be talking about why I think life coaching matters. But first, since this is the first podcast, I wanted to share a little bit of my story before getting into those two other topics. Um, you know, I was one of those people, I had a job that had some really enjoyable aspects to it, and then there were other aspects to it that were not working for me at all. And um, as I began to examine the parts of my career that hadn't been working for me, for lack of a better term, because they're, you know, in these situations, they're always nuanced, right? It's never just one thing. It's never just all bad. It's never all good. There are always these justifications we can give ourselves, like, maybe I could stay if, you know, as I started to engage in that process of going, what's not working and what is, one of the things I came to realize was that the questions I was confronting weren't just about my job. They were about my life. They were about who I wanted to be. And as I began to really ask those deeper questions that are so necessary, I realized that I felt this inexplicable draw towards becoming a life coach. And in many ways, this draw made no real sense um, because I don't know, the jump to coaching as a career felt just completely like, I have no business experience. I have no idea what I'm doing. I I have no real reason to be drawn to a career where I'd be working one-on-one with people to help them work through personal issues that they encounter, yet I feel drawn to it for some reason. And initially, at least, I thought that coaching was just going to be like a fun side hobby for me. I, I was drawn to become a coach because I wanted to work, to, wanted to do work that helped individuals in a deeply heart-centered way. I wanted to have the real conversations. I was already someone who in my daily life was someone people would turn to when they needed that deep listening. And in part, I was jumping into becoming a coach on faith. There was some reason that I didn't totally understand And I just really wanted to work with people in that way, even though there was no logic behind that reasoning. So, you know, I, again, just thought it was going to be this kind of casual, fun side hobby for me. I didn't anticipate it becoming a full-blown career. So I began learning about coaching. And as I started to connect to the craft and the community, at one point I realized I needed to really devote myself to my dream of working for myself if I was ever going to make it happen. So I started to learn about marketing and ways to grow my business. And slowly over time, I built up my practice, started leading retreats, added in leading e-courses and group coaching. And then people started asking me about marketing. 
how was I making money as a coach? And these were other coaches that were asking me this question. And that's when I created a digital marketing program for coaches called The Coaching Blueprint, which of course you can find at coachingblueprint.com. Now, as I was talking with more coaches, I realized that there was a real need for a deeply personal coach training skill set, one that, that didn't rely on any one approach, but that drew from multiple approaches, and one that really honed that skill set for the coach of learning how to trust her instincts with clients so that the coaching would feel alive and be more effective for the client. I spent a year researching the industry in depth, looking at curriculum and philosophy, and then later came up with the Courageous Living Coach Certification, or Tribe CLCC, as some of us call it, which integrates all of the International Coach Federation's core competencies, while also providing this really holistic and craft-centered, heart-based, intuition-driven approach to coaching. And um, at this point, that's where I am today. That's a lot of what I do today. Uh, women from all around the world have participated in our program, flying in for the kickoff retreat that's included, checking in weekly as we use a distance learning format for the lessons. They connect with each other through masterminds and completing one-on-one -on -one coaching hours, the certification process, the marketing training. It's this, it's this whole really lovely job that combines all the things that I love to do in one place. And it all started because I initially just followed this one piece that I knew I wanted, which was to become a life coach. It's a total delight. And um, in addition to the training being a delight, it's a delight when people come back later and they say that, you know, now I'm doing executive coaching or I have a top ranked podcast or my client roster is totally full. And for my own part, this side hobby, as it began, has turned into things like sold out retreats. And this was super exciting. Last year, signing a book deal with a publisher, like a real publisher. <laughs> And my book will be out in uh, 2018. I'll share more information about it when it's on the shelves. So here, let's get into, you know, now that you've learned a little bit about my story, let's get into this question of what is coaching anyway? Okay. So there's this kind of conventional definition that coaching is about strategy and it's about the future and therapy is about emotions and about the past. And I say conventional only in the sense that nobody, including the Board of Behavioral Sciences, which regulates the psychotherapeutic industry, nobody up to this point has actually sat down and said, hey, how about therapists and coaches or the two governing bodies, so to speak, of each industry? How about you get together and you just hammer out what the definition is? Because that would make life a lot easier for both coaches and therapists, I think. So that is a pretty conventional definition. It's not necessarily, however, how I think of the differences between coaching and therapy. I know a lot of therapists who would go, hey, 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 I'm deeply offended that you think that therapy never involves strategy and only ever talks about the future. And one of the things that I've integrated into the Courageous Living Coach Certification and one thing that I think is important for clients to explore is how has the past influenced who you are today? 
And I don't know anybody who doesn't ever experience emotion. So I don't know really how that's possible that coaching can be devoid of emotion. But a lot of people do think that it is. So rather than get into those sort of opposing, I guess you could say, viewpoints, I like to offer an example of how the two disciplines are best used, in my opinion. So the example I'll often give when I'm asked to describe this is, you know, let's say that somebody says, I want to look at why it is that I have not had a successful romantic relationship. What's up with that? If during the process of inquiry and questioning oneself about why you haven't had a successful relationship, you find that the process feels like it's starting to lift you up. You are going, oh, that's a hard truth. I feel a lot of things about having to reconcile that in myself, but it's true. And now that I have that insight, I can make a different choice. That's somebody who is a great fit for coaching. And if that process of inquiry, if it's something that you find starts to really weigh you down, that you're actually becoming less functional as you, and I I mean functional in that purely pragmatic sense, you know, less able to concentrate at work or feel connected to the people around you. If you find that there's less of that, then you're probably a better fit for a therapist. Therapists have a lot of advanced training that they can apply It's very helpful to be in front of a therapist who can actually see someone because some of the signs of clinical depression that manifest are physically manifested, such as not bathing or, um, you know, looking ill. Um, And I think that coaching is the type of thing that is best used as an asset to an already basically functional life, whereas therapy is more so about going, hey, there's something that is deeply off here that needs some course correction. And of course, even in just what I've described, there are people who are going to debate about what one means or the other. And and naturally, I mean no disrespect in laying out my view of how the two are different. I'm trying as best I can to use generalities to explain the differences between coaching and therapy, while also totally understanding and honoring that there are other nuances that we could bring in here. So that having been said, what is coaching? How do you know who's a better fit for coaching or who's a better fit for therapy? I thought I'd talk a little bit about why coaching matters in the sense of why it helps people and how it's so helpful, how the process is so helpful. I think coaching is a part of liberation. And I think liberating people from limiting ways of thinking about themselves and their world is an important first step to equipping people to be better human beings. And I don't mean better human beings in the sense of striving to always be perfect. I just mean the kind of mutually engaged, interdependent, willing to stand up for what's right, willing to go after the things that truly matter, willing to live with purpose, willing to support one another, to help heal what hurts, People have to feel liberated on a personal level from their fear, from their doubt, from their sense of, I can't or that's not for me, before they can do any of the other collective interdependent stuff. 
So coaching in terms of what it can offer someone for getting out from under their own limiting belief systems. I'm not talking about positive affirmations either. I'm not a positive affirmations fan. But actual cognitive restructuring is really, really important for how people engage with the wider world. We tend to be very isolated in society. And I think coaching is a way of asking people to get out of their own heads and to stop being stuck in the places where like, oh, I can't do this or that. And then start going, how can you be an agent of change first in your own life and then in the lives of others? And I'm literally talking about if you're a coach, you've got a client who sees what's happening in the world and she wants to change it, but she internally feels like she's not equipped to start affecting any kind of change at the local level. That limiting belief is going to keep her from being able to do anything. And it's a very pragmatic thing to do to decide I'm going to work on the limiting ways that I see myself, my life, what I'm capable of, what others are capable of, what's possible. It's very pragmatic to work on that way of viewing the world so that you can step forward to change your life and the lives of others. Courage, I think, is something that starts at a personal level and there's a ripple effect outward and coaching is about showing people that they have capacity. You have capacity. You can develop the resilience to, tra- to transcend hard things. That enables people to do more for themselves and for the people they're interacting with in their lives. It allows people to live better lives. How do coaches do that? Well, there are a number of skills that we bring to the skill set. Establishing a session focus is one of those skills, and that's part of mapping the terrain. Listening deeply and on different levels, listening for the, the little nuances in a client's voice and then listening for the big picture of what the collective coaching relationship seems to add up to is another one. Mirroring. Sometimes it's about just reflecting back to the client, here's what you're saying so that the client can hear it themselves. Asking powerful questions. And, you know, particularly in the Courageous Living Coach certification, we're interested in asking a wide range of questions. And really, we think of it as being like having a toolbox. If you're trying to build a house and you've got a toolbox, you don't only use a hammer. You don't only use a saw. You use all of the different tools at different times as appropriate for the task that you're working on at that moment. And the same is true in coaching. Particularly in the last year or so, I'm seeing a lot of stuff come out where people are going, you know, body-based work, somatic work, this is it. This is how people change. And I tend to go, well, hold on a minute. Maybe all the cognitive behavioral work that you did for years before you ever got into somatic work is what has enabled the somatic work to be so effective for you. I think the wider and broader skill set a coach has, the better. So when we get into asking powerful questions in our program and for coaches in general, I think it's really important to go, hey, I'm not just asking strategic questions. I'm also asking somatic or body-based questions. I'm also asking narrative or story-based questions. It's not just one type of question or one way of working with people that's effective. Somatic work will not be effective for all clients at all times. Cognitive behavioral work won't be either. 
narrative work won't be either. There's no work that is like set for all people at all times. So the more tools you can put into your toolbox, the more different ways that you can accrue for how to work with clients, the better. So I've hit on a couple of different notes thus far. I've shared a little bit about my story, how to think about what coaching is, the conventional definitions or ways of thinking about coaching versus therapy and how the two are best used. Coaching is being part of liberation. And then I've just listed out some of the skills that go into the coaching skill set. As this podcast develops, one of the things that I want to be doing is trying to dial down on all of the pieces that I've been discussing here. So I'm going to be devoting some episodes to how do we do somatic work as coaches? Let me teach you a little bit about that through this podcast. Or how do we actually get to doing the deeper emotional work with a client? And of course, knowing when to refer out because sometimes that deeper work requires that it's in the best interest of the client to get them additional help that we as coaches can't provide. So this is something that is going to be an ongoing and I think pretty exciting conversation to unpack. I'm, I've got some guests lined up who are going to bring their own flavor to this craft of coaching conversation. And I think I just want to end this first episode by sharing that if you are someone who is considering becoming a coach or you've become a coach and maybe you've become disillusioned with the industry on the whole, that I really hope that this podcast becomes a place where you can root back into why you either feel drawn to coaching in the first place or why you were originally drawn to coaching in the first place. It's that reconnection to like, hey, let's just cut the BS and (laughs) get into what's real, which is that every single time you are on the phone with another human being And the two of you are co-creating a relationship where some really powerful things can happen. It is amazing. I mean, in the industry, we call it the coaching high. You get off a call with a client and you feel like you are so alive because you're in flow and you're so lifted up and inspired by the ways that maybe that client just found something within herself that she didn't know she had or that she worked through a tough decision and arrived where she feels it's best for her to arrive. That is an amazing feeling. That's really what I want this podcast to be about, getting into the craft of coaching. Now, I am planning that for episode two, I will talk about the this question, this kind of big question of how do life coaches make money? Because I feel like... Getting off to a start here, we got to hit on all the notes that are like so common in the coaching industry. You know, what is coaching anyway and how is it different than therapy? And then this episode on how do life coaches make money, it's kind of a necessary piece because the other thing that I see a lot of coaches struggle with is knowing how to do the work that they love and then also be able to pay their bills. And again, if you're looking for resources that um, touch on those notes, the Coaching Blueprint at coachingblueprint.com is my own resource. There are a lot of other resources that I would recommend, though, and one in particular that I love is the book called Value Proposition Design by the Strategizer Group. I think it's like 20, 30 bucks on Amazon. I think that a lot of marketing problems come down to 
how do you talk about what it is that you do in a way that's really clear and helps people to see, here I'm offering this thing that could help you with this problem that you have. And that book in particular can be really, really helpful for that. All right, that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment to give us a rating in iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast, uh, so helpful because that helps other people to learn about this podcast and also listen in. You might also want to become a subscriber so that you always get the latest episodes. If you head over to the Courageous Living Coach Certification website at teamclcc.com, that's T-E-A-M-C-L-C-C.com, and sign up to be a subscriber, not only will you get the first information about whenever we open up enrollment, you will also get access to a number of bonuses, like our Become a Coach video series, invitations to webinars on the craft of coaching, and so much more. So I hope that I see you over there. Once again, thanks so much for listening. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your day.